This is Friends After Five, a podcast featuring two coworkers who will hop on this podcast after five as friends. We share our experiences as third culture kids while highlighting voices amongst our fellow Asians and people of color. On this week's episode, we will be talking to Sarah Hernandez. She's a product manager at a tech company living it up in the Bay Area. She's a cat mom, house owner, and most importantly, my grand big. Woohoo! Welcome, Sarah. You're our first official guest on the Friends After Five podcast. I'm excited to be here. Yay! <laughs> this is my first podcast ever. Okay, Sarah. So first question, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your upbringing, your education, and your career path? Yeah, sure. So I'm actually a uh, second generation American. So my dad is a first generation Mexican American. And my mom is a first generation Italian American. What? Yeah, so very exciting. I would consider myself probably very American, though, because both of my parents are kind of different culturally. We didn't speak a single I mean, we did speak one language at home, which was English. So that's kind of a little bit about, I mean, my childhood was, I feel like it's pretty normal. I grew up in Orange County, AOC, (laughs) you know, uh, very sheltered upbringing. (laughs) Um, uh, My mom was... well, she was a math major, but both wow. of my parents were in technology. So from a very young age, I knew that I did not want to be like them. What? <laughs> Wait, why is that? I was just like a little rebel. I think probably, especially having, you know, the upbringing that I did, I just wanted to, you know, be different than them. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to do something else. Although I had no idea what else I was going to do. So <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of interesting because I was so set on doing something else, but I wasn't good at anything else. (laughs) I'm sure that's not true. Well, so I was like really bad at like English and history, all of the like liberal arts subjects. Yeah, struggled a lot. So like all of my B's in school and stuff like that were in history and liberal or in English and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Um, But a B isn't bad. No, yeah, yeah, you're right. Definitely. But yeah, well, I just had high goals for myself. My parents were never really like, you know, oh, you have to be a straight A student. But I was always like, I want to be a straight A student. Mm -hmm. And that never happened. I mean, but it worked out. You went to Berkeley still. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The interesting part was when I was actually applying to college. And one of the schools made you pick a major. At that time, I was taking computer science class in school. And I was like, oh, man, I don't know what to pick as my major. But this is the only thing that I'm really, really good at, apparently, um, because all my other like English and history hadn't been going well. And I was like, I don't know what I would do uh, as a math major. Like numbers forever didn't sound great. (laughs) So I I just put down CS just so I could submit my application. And so then I kind of ended up putting it up on all the rest. And that sort of just decided my fate (laughs) that day. (laughs) And I decided to go with computer science. And uh, once you kind of pick that path, a career in tech, I mean, that's really the only logical thing you're going to do with a with a computer science major. So that's how I ended up in technology. I spent four years as a software engineer. Mm -hmm. And then I decided that 
coding every day wasn't for me. <laughs> Wait, Sarah, can you tell us more about what being a software engineer yeah. means? We're not computer science. <laughs> yeah, or any close to that world. Speak for yourself, Steph. Oh. Just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> So as a software engineer, I'm, I think a little bit of the stereotype of being antisocial and stuff like that is definitely true because especially to get my work done, I needed long periods of quiet time to like just, you know, code. I don't know if you guys watch like the social network where they're just like mm-hmm. sitting there for like three hours on, or three days on end just coding. Oh, <laughs> I mean, a little bit of what it's like when you're on a deadline and need to get something done. I'm a little bit more social, I'd say, and I didn't like being behind my computer like that all the time. So I kind of decided, hey, you know, some people love it. Like a lot of my my coworkers are really, really excited to just, you know, get in the grind and code it out out and stuff like that. But um, I wanted something with a little bit more customer interaction and stuff like that. And that's when I decided, hey, I'm going to kind of switch roles. So I switched into my current role. I work with customers to figure out what kind of problems they need solved and translate that into what we're actually going to do in our product. And I work with the engineers, the software engineers, and to decide, you know, what direction we're going to go in. And then they're, they're the ones who do the heavy lifting and the coding and (laughs) build build the product yeah oh that's super interesting to go from a strict behind the scenes role to a more customer facing role how has that transition been because I did the opposite switch where I worked a lot with patients Mm -hmm. and that was so frustrating for me that I kind of switched more to behind the scenes just because it was like (laughs) so much work yeah for me I was just doing the software engineering stuff, it felt like it took so much out of me. I I wouldn't consider myself actually super social, but spending a day on Zoom meetings with customers is something that was really fulfilling to me. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah, you have more of a sense of purpose, whereas before, like you said, it was just draining. I mean, I definitely recommend trying different things out, right? Mm -hmm. Because you never really know. I mean, I wouldn't have known before I tried out my new role that I would like it. And I I never envisioned myself in this kind of role. That's really (laughs) interesting. So Sarah, what kind of customers do you guys have? Is it mostly like other businesses or other tech businesses? Also, like, can you explain a little bit about your company? Because I did try Googling it and I didn't understand (laughs) a thing. I just told Tina, I was like, I think it's like cloud-based. Like, <laughs> yeah, buzzword cloud. <laughs> yeah, cloud-based, like there I go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good question. So it took me about the first uh, one year. So I've been at the company now for almost five years. It took me the first year to figure out what we did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but now now I think I can explain it. So we're an enterprise company. So we sell to other businesses and we're an IT company. So basically, like, you know, you guys probably have an IT department at your company. So mm-hmm. those are the people that are our, I wouldn't say customers because, I mean, we consider them customers, but they're not always the ones with the purchasing power, but they're, they're, they're our main users, right? And so what we do is we basically do data center OS. So operating system for a data center. We build the software that runs the data center and they're our main users because they're the ones managing the data center. We're nodding our heads <laughs> and pretending to understand. Yeah. I am. <laughs> yeah, no, see, I'm like data center, like what is that? <laughs> 
So like an exchange server is what runs like your, I'm assuming you probably use Microsoft Outlook. There's a server somewhere that's hosting that application and makes it that has all your emails and everything stored in it. And we build the operating system that runs that. So basically like Mac OS, we build the the uh, OS and the user interface wow. and all of that that they use to manage the the servers and the data centers and the application. Yeah, so that's what we do and we work with customers to help solve their problem just in terms of the things that they the problems that they're dealing with every day like you know an app is running slow or something like that. Mm-hmm. How we can help them um, especially I focus a lot in terms of machine learning and automation. So mm-hmm. how we can help like learn about those problems before they even know about them and help them remediate them before, you know, the user, uh, which would probably be you guys is impacted. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Sarah. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for all the behind the scenes work you're yeah. doing back there. <laughs> so Sarah, what do you think is a pro and con of working in tech? Previously, we used to get free food in the office, which was awesome, like, um, which totally changed my life, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, because at my previous company, we didn't have that. And it's like such a hassle to have to either prepare your own food or, um, you know, go out every day for lunch. It like takes time out of your day. When I joined my current company, they had free food and it was like life changing because I could literally some days if I was so busy, I could just run downstairs, go get my food, run back up and then keep working. Um, but it's also really nice to just get to know your coworkers and eat with them every day. They would offer free food every day, like catering or? Yeah, we got free food catered every day. <gasps> but now since we're all at home, we don't get free food. <laughs> <laughs> like shipped to everyone's homes. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Honestly, wait. So Sarah, wouldn't you bring some of the food home too? Like if there's leftovers? After 1.30 p.m., you could go down. And if there was any leftover food, they would give to go containers because they didn't want any of the food to go uh. away. Dang. Uh, we have to like s- scavenge for the leftovers. Oh, Nobody yeah. packs it for us. When there's like lunch meetings, it's yeah. like it's like a free for all. It's yeah. like scary. Like everyone just goes and like tries to get as much food as they can. Yeah. We have the opposite of too much food. <laughs> we joke that people gain weight when they join that company. Oh, wow. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely say a pro would be the perks. <laughs> there's definitely a lot of perks to working in a tech in technology just because I think they have to compete with all the other tech companies like Google and Facebook. (laughs) One of the cons, at least of my current position, and I I feel like a lot of friends that I have that are in the tech industry as well, um, is that we work with so many different time zones and teams. Um, So Mm -hmm. I work with teams in Germany, in uh, India. So it's kind of unfortunate that I have meetings starting from sometimes at 7 a.m. and some days going up until 11 p.m. 11? Yeah. And it wouldn't be like all day. Like, you know, I'll take a break in in the middle of the day. But, you know, it's just kind of you're always uh, on <laughs> sort of thing. Like I have to check my laptop at after 8 p.m. every day just in case somebody from India messages me. So that is kind of a, I could say a con, but uh, I think it's sort of a global issue. I'm not sure if it just impacts the tech industry. Yeah, I think for me, because we are pretty much nine to five and we don't have that many yeah. international sites that we work with, once five hits, I'm like, done. <laughs> I'm like, do not bother me. I don't, 
Like I'm, I'm so mentally checked out mm-hmm. after five. After five, I envy that. Oh, that sounds so great. You guys were talking about going to spin after work, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I have such a hard time fig- figuring out how to fit gym in my schedule because I'm like, oh, what time am I gonna have meetings today? Oh, I guess I could work <laughs> out at like one. <laughs> So sometimes I work out in the middle of the day, which is a bit weird, and I feel guilty. But I'm like, you know what? I have a meeting at 10 p.m. So (laughs) do you still run? Oh, not really. (laughs) I tried that. (laughs) I hate running. (laughs) But you used to do it a lot. She used to do it like every day. Like I would get Snapchats of her in the gym. Like oh, like day like 50. Yeah. So most of the time when I go to the gym, I'll do the elliptical. But um, oh, I love the elliptical. Yeah, I love the elliptical. I don't like running just because it like destroys my knees. Mm-hmm. But at the beginning of COVID, I started running a bunch because there was no other option. <laughs> and I hated it. <laughs> and then my knees gave out. And I was like, okay, this isn't happening anymore. So then I just started doing those like YouTube videos. The I can really Chloe yeah. T. Have you tried Chloe T? Yeah. Chloe T? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> Yeah, there's a two-week ab challenge that went viral and everybody was posting their results. Steph has, Steph posted her results too. Wow, so I guess I totally missed that. (laughs) You can still get on it, Sarah. It's a video. You can play it. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'll do it. (laughs) Check your Snapchats in the next couple weeks. (laughs) They have rest days too, so don't worry. And it's only two weeks. Yeah, it's only two weeks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we'll hear oh. an update from you and Sarah in two weeks. Yeah, you should. Yeah. <laughs> well, so right now I'm trying to train because um we're going to – so we do every summer, a few friends and I would try and go on backpacking trips. But in the Ooh, past, we've wow. been, like, in shape. And somehow, because of COVID, we're all not really in good shape right now. So we've been, like, trying to uh, train in some sense by, like, going hiking on the weekends and stuff like that. But this will be a good training exercise because I need Mm -hmm. to build up especially some leg strength to be able to carry some extra pounds on my back. Yeah, I don't know how you guys backpack. I can barely hike with nothing on my back, let alone 50 pounds on my back. It's 50 pounds? I don't know. I just pulled a – I don't really know how much. Maybe, like, 20. (laughs) I don't know about 50. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, still though. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a struggle, but it's like, you know, like struggling with friends together somehow brings you all together. Uh, so Sarah, being a woman in tech, how was, li- how was that like? I think it's a little bit weird because there's not very many women in tech. Oh, still? There's not that many. I'd say the numbers are growing, but mm-hmm. I find myself in meetings where I'm the only woman in the room more often than not. It's definitely weird. There's just some minor things that really make me upset about it, too. It's like we'll be in a room and somebody will address the room like gentlemen. (laughs) It's not even in their mindset that there might be a woman there. Come on. (laughs) Uh, Do you say anything or you just kind of let it go? Uh, Like, I've definitely called people out for that before. Like, I've been like, excuse me. And they're like, oh, and lady. (laughs) But yeah, sometimes there are things that like I'll let kind of just fly by. I don't know. Some of these things happen so often. 
I don't really know how to solve the situation because there's lots of different opinions and stuff like that. But I do hope that more and more women will join the tech industry. I think I think Steph's heard me say this before and she's even like asked me when we were in college, like, oh, how do you even do computer science? It's so hard. And I think that's kind of a common misconception. I mean, I think that anyone who tries it, you might just find out that just because it's something unknown, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's so hard. Well, I remember asking you that question and you're like, yeah, you know, it just comes really easily to me. So you either got it or you don't. Wow. 180, 180 wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, like it wasn't a bad answer, but I was like, yeah. oh, like, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, some people I was like, I guess you either got to be a genius like Sarah or you don't got it there's a little bit of truth to that like um, I don't think that everybody can do it but it's sort of the same thing where you know like not everybody's good at science not everybody's good at math I'm really bad at liberal arts history (laughs) English sort of thing (laughs) but I think that a lot of people would be surprised that if they tried it it's not actually that hard a lot of it's just almost like translating logic that you would say normally like in English to you know a coding language I tried to make Max learn how to code a few years ago when he was looking for a job and struggling. And he did it for a while, but then he got a job. So he stopped doing it. But he's like, yeah, it's not that bad. What does he do now instead of coding? And also, who is Max, by the way? Yeah, Max is my husband. Your husband? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's new. We got married in December. Yeah. So he was an environmental science major and integrative biology because now what he does is he works for the uh, Department of Transportation as an environmental planner. All of the road work projects that they do on highways, he does it for the Napa Solano County area. So making sure that they comply with all of the environmental protections, make sure that there's no endangered species and making sure that there's any environmental impacts, they kind of like either mitigate them or try and avoid doing that. So then how did you two meet? Yeah, our story is like a little bit interesting. We met two weeks into freshman year of college during that time, you know, when like nobody really has any work to do. (laughs) (laughs) The best, the best time of college. Yeah. So I had made friends by that point with my whole floor in my dorm. And one of the girls, she had some friends in one of the other dorms. So Bowles at Berkeley is like the all men's dorm. And they actually have the best situation because their rooms are huge. All the rest of us had to stay in these little shoe boxes. And they had like these giant rooms just as a common area. And then they had like side bedrooms that would go off of it. So they they had like these suites. One day we were bored and we were like, hey, let's do something. My friend was like, oh, I have some friends in bowls who are all hanging (laughs) out. So we went over to their giant room and there was some other people there, including Max. I didn't really notice him. Um, because there were a number of people there and I was also like I had made just a few friends and I was like kind of sticking to them Uh, but for some reason somebody started talking about one of the plants in the room and they were like yeah that's plantipus that's like our plant sort of thing and Max got so excited about that so this is like the first time I even realized he's in the room and he was like oh my god I have a plant and he just ran out of the room (laughs) and like five minutes later he returned holding his (laughs) plants 
his plant uh, named Carl and he introduced everyone to Carl and and that was kind of how I met him and uh, then we realized that we had math together and so we were friends for a while when I say we would do math homework together I mean I would do his math homework but then Carl died (laughs) he killed Carl right around the time that we actually started dating (laughs) he he was distracted and he had to shower that's what I like to think No, I think he just forgot to water Carl. Uh, Well, so then he got a cat. And maybe that's where the neglect came. He stopped caring about Carl because he got little Gunther, who we still have today. Oh, wait, Gunther was Max's cat? Yeah. So Max got at him when he was a sophomore in college. That was when we started hanging out more. I was like, oh, man, I need to go hang out with him because he has a cat. And then we actually started dating. And then, you know, eight or nine years later, finally got married. Congrats. That's exciting. (laughs) I think that's like the dream, right? Like everyone's like, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to find a guy. We're going to live together and then get married. But that's like not how it happens for like 90% (laughs) of the people. Because guys in college are not ready (laughs) to settle down. Yeah, yeah. I definitely didn't plan for it to go that way. I didn't go into college thinking I was going to, you know, get married sort of thing. But (laughs) (laughs) it worked out. (laughs) Not mad. (laughs) Uh, I love that. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I definitely went into college thinking I was going to get married. But... And then, like, by senior year, I was like, whoa, my prospects are becoming more limited. Yeah, well, and then you realize what it means, you know, not yeah. all. <laughs> Lots of nerds in Berkeley. Yeah. Oh, when wow. did you know he was the one? It sort of was more like a realization over time where I just realized I really enjoy spending time with him. I didn't really have concerns about like what if this is forever sort of thing so both max and i are uh, children of divorce (laughs) so both of our parents were divorced by the time that we'd met and so both of us kind of had concerns about marriage it took us more than eight years to decide to even get married both of us were kind of very wary about it because we're not really sure if marriage was for us and stuff like that kind of over time we just realized we're such good friends that why not take a shot at it that's beautiful, especially after eight or nine years together and you're still not sick of them. That's mm-hmm. that's a yeah. long time. Yeah. I feel like COVID broke some people up yeah. <laughs> just because it's uh, been tough. But like for us, it's been like the best thing ever. I think that was sort of what really inspired us to decide to get married. So every day we at noon, like we go knocking on each other's doors. Like, oh! hey, it's lunchtime and we eat lunch together and then we go on a walk and pretty much we spend so much time together now. And I Kind of at first, I was like worried that we might annoy each other too much, <laughs> but uh, it turns out that we're pretty entertained with each other's company. Is that how it's like for you, Steph? Well, I don't live with my boyfriend, you so spend a lot of time together, though. Yeah, well, we get pretty annoyed with each other. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not gonna say that we don't get annoyed with each other because we definitely do. <laughs> yeah, that's impossible not to, right? Yeah, there's like yeah. little things that happen where it's like, wow, you just looked at me the wrong way. Like, we're gonna, we're gonna, what kind of like we're gonna talk about this? <laughs> now that you're a married couple, how do you guys keep things spicy? And or interesting in terms of like date nights mm-hmm. or just staying in, especially during the pandemic. I don't know if I have a great answer because <laughs> <laughs> we've never been really like 
people to go on dates like even before the pandemic we hang out so max is like really into video games so he'll he'll play video games with his friends most nights but one night a weekend he decides to hang out with me sort of thing um so i don't know if we consider that date night or not (laughs) but um and i have to you know take myself away from netflix hang out with him example last night we watched lord of the Rings. but yeah i don't know especially during covid because we're like hanging out every day at lunch and stuff like that i don't know if we mm-hmm. feel like we need to set up aside a bunch of time to hang out with each other <laughs> especially because we see each other like all the time yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah i do kind of understand like to break the monotony yeah i mean i think our best uh answer to that is like we'll go on hikes together and we've been trying to go on bike rides like i think is there dating or like dates too yeah and you guys do pretty advanced hikes it's not like your average like oh like let's go 30 minute like this little path by the beach it's like okay let's go to the top of the mountain like are you ready we're gonna wake yeah, up at 5 a.m <laughs> yeah yeah and i'm the one who's like we have to do this and then by the like middle or end of the hike i'm the one like especially i have like a major fear of heights so sometimes if things get a little bit sketchy i'm the one who's like i don't think i can go any further and max is like come on (laughs) suck it up sort of thing (laughs) but yeah so sarah when did you decide to buy a house and do you have any tips for first-time homeowners yeah so we decided around like july of 2019 that we wanted to buy a house because my lease was going to come up in October. And so we kind of wanted to not live in apartments anymore and realized by that point that I had saved up enough money to be able to make a down payment on a home. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was all there was to it. (laughs) After living in the Bay for so long, like and watching the house prices go up around me, I kind of almost felt like stressed if I didn't buy a house because the prices just keep going up and like the longer I wait, the more expensive it's going to be. So I just really wanted to try and get something early. Oh, what's like the price range for houses and uh maybe let me start with what I wanted and then I can tell you how I didn't get exactly what I wanted but (laughs) I was definitely looking for something like you know a little bit larger three or four bedrooms because we wanted to you know have like an office and a guest room and like a room where we could put cats stuff in it and it turns out that that's very expensive Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's one thing uh in terms of home ownership is like definitely know what you want but you also have to be willing to compromise and location was also something that was like I wanted to live a little bit closer to work but Max commutes to Oakland so we had to live somewhere near the BART and we were originally thinking Fremont but it turned out even like a two-bedroom home in Fremont was $900,000. What? Not, Not a good area or... No, it's a really good area. Coming from Orange County, like my vision of a home is a two-story, like newer built, like built in the 2000s, sort of like, you know, um, really just nice home and figured out real early on that those were out of the picture. Those were like over a million dollars. So we're going to have to um, make some compromises. And so some of the choices I had were like, okay, well, would you be willing to share walls, like have a townhome or something like that? 
or the other option is maybe a home that's a little bit older and needs a little bit more work and a little bit more love. So weighed those options and we decided that we really, really, really wanted a single family home, like not attached to anything. So we, we got a realtor and I recommend like you can go through a service like Redfin or something like that without having a realtor. Uh, but having a realtor is really good because they can get like off market listings. They just know the area a little bit more. Our realtor also helped us figure out how to make the offer. He suggested we write a nice like heartfelt letter to the owners and he helped us negotiate. We had to like work with him. He was like, okay, you're not going to get what you want in this mm. in this area. So we kind of broaden our range. I mean, we ended up finding a house that we really like after seeing, I don't know how many houses we saw. We probably saw like 30 or 40. Yeah. So yeah. And there were like some that I did love, but they like just came off the market so fast. Another recommendation I have besides having a realtor is definitely getting pre-approved. Working with a bank to get pre-approved for a mortgage. Basically, they'll tell you like what you can afford. And they'll say like, you'll, you're approved for 800K or 700K or whatever, a house that costs that much. And they like go through all your financials, run a credit check. And that's definitely good, especially when you're going to look at houses, you know what you can afford. And also if you need to make an offer, you can include that pre-approval letter so that they know that you can afford that. It's better to go in to the situation because you don't ever know like if something's really hot, you might need to make an offer right away. Good to know for the far, far, far away future. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but you know, maybe not that far away. You can always look at, you know, if you a home is out of the picture, condos. I have a friend right now. She's looking for condos in Orange County. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to move on to our next segment, Sarah. And it's called Rapid Fire, This or That. So we're going to present to you two options, and then you're just going to pick one. Okay. Okay. It's got to be fast, though. You no pressure. Have, have think yeah, about sure. it. Okay. Don't worry. It's not like coding questions. <laughs> yeah. So you don't you don't need to think too hard. Okay. First question. NorCal versus SoCal. Uh, SoCal. Ooh. What? But you're living in NorCal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. But SoCal is so much better. Think oh. about it. It's like sunny all the time. Uh, it's more affordable. Um, it's more like spread out and suburban. Uh, I love that. Yeah. I mean, NorCal has got like some great hiking and it's got the tech industry, which is why I'm up here. But I would love to live in SoCal. Okay. 7 a.m. meetings or 9 p.m. meetings? 9 p.m. Really? What? What? Yeah, it's it's. I know. I mean, I originally was so mad when people started scheduling me for late meetings. Um, and I thought that I was a morning person. But I've decided that I am now an evening person. I changed. <laughs> in college, I used to get up every day at 6 a.m. But <laughs> I am now like, I would so much rather just stay up a little bit later and wait, sleep in a little bit more. Next question. Outside lands or life is beautiful? Oh, life is beautiful. I love life is beautiful too. Why? Yeah. Why? I've only been know. to Outside Lands. <laughs> I've only been to Life. So. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Outside Lands is a lot more like indie and like a lot of the music there. I feel like stuff that I'd never heard of as well. Like it's definitely a good experience. You go for like the food and, you know, well, for me, it's close to home. So it's really <laughs> convenient. Um, but Life is Beautiful is just like a party and in Vegas. Awesome. Um, I actually got food poisoning too oh, at it no. and missed the third day, but 
I still pick it over outside lands. Okay, Sarah, it was really great to talk to you. We had so much fun. Thank you for enlightening us with, you know, your experiences um, in the tech industry, being a woman in the tech industry, and how you met your husband, Max. Also, thank you for all the tips on being a homeowner. Congratulations on being a homeowner in the NorCal area, which is so mind-blowing to me as well. Yeah, thank you. Well, I really appreciate you guys having me on. This was super fun. You can find us at Friends After Five, Tina at Tina Honey with two Y's, and me at Steph Christabel. Have a good week, guys. Okay, bye. Bye.